You are listening to the sassiest podcast in the world. Born in the Nordics, democratizing B2B SaaS knowledge everywhere. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Evelyn Sanders, the Director of Customer Success at Good Habits. If you build that competence and if you research your customer in such a great way that you are bringing something to them, I think that's such a valuable piece of how you engage with your customer instead of being reactive. I need proactive people that lead the customer towards the outcomes. Hello there, we are back with another episode of the Sassy podcast and now we are close, close to putting our feet in Amsterdam for Sassiest Amsterdam and uh, well it's always a little bit tense, always a lot to do to put everything together in the last second and, and Daniel, how are you? Very good, I got ice in my veins buddy, ice <laughs> in my veins. Good. <laughs> uh, and it, it's just because we know like you know most of the things are, are set, obviously the agenda and the speakers really strong, venues coming together really nicely, the attendees are registered and all of these things. So. It, it, it feels good. And we have a great team. Yeah, we have a great team. And it's, it's like, you know, some things that I'm always nervous about is that it's, you can have the, the attendees, you can have the speakers and all of these things. What you can't fully control and don't know is the atmosphere and vibe that you see and feel during the day. Yeah. Yeah, and that for me is going to be really exciting to see because it's the first time we do this, you know, the maiden sassiest in, in Amsterdam. So let's see what the Dutch, the Belgians and the Luxembourgians, is that how you say? <laughs> something like the Luxembourgers. The Luxembourgers. Yeah, something like that. Well, what type of vibe they will bring? Yeah, you can expect a full day, a full B2B SaaS experience with a lot of good learning exercises, networking both professionally and also a lot of social networking uh, throughout the evening and until after midnight. So I uh, hope you will join us there. If you wonder anything, you can reach out directly on LinkedIn or contact at sassiest.com. Yes, yes. And the guest that we have on the podcast here today, so uh, you can see this almost as, as we're teeing it up. She will actually also be at Sassiest and you can chat with her and probably if we didn't ask her intelligent enough questions, you, you could do that in real life. Yeah, and that's as good as reason as anything. So uh, <laughs> let's go and talk to Evelyn and you will see what, what it's all about. Today, we are super happy to have Evelyn Sanders, the Director of Customer Success at Good Habits here as a guest in the Sassiest podcast. So welcome, Evelyn. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to have you here, Evelyn. And I must say, like, you know, we have the pleasure to meet so many people in this podcast. And every time I see somebody with a bookshelf like the one you have, I feel like, you know, did you actually read all those books? It's a good question then, yeah. No, I didn't read all of them because I think a lot of them are also from my husband, who is an architect. So there's a lot of oh. stuff from both sides of uh, of our world. Okay. Yeah. So so he is more into the architect and building stuff. So yeah. what do you read? What's what's on there in that bookshelf that you feel like, oh, this is my go-to book. Whenever I have time, I reread this one. Ooh. There's, uh, they're, they're great ones. So the things that I really love to read is um, Onboarding Matters by Donna Weber. I really like her book. Mm. Uh, Scaling Up is really a great book. 
growth mindset. So I have a lot of what my husband would call self-help books, but I just <laughs> like to grow and, and, and be kind of out there and understand and learn and take some, some pointers from others that are key in the industry. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I think we're going to learn a lot from you today here. Um, but before we dig into the main topic here, for the ones that not, might not know you yet, like who is, who is Evelyn Sanders? Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. So many of you might know Eindhoven as it has a really rich history with Philips, obviously, with the light bulbs and the TV screens, right? but also PSV, obviously. And right now, I think this town is really known for, uh, it's called uh, Brainport, Tech Hub, uh, ASML, NXP, semiconductors, big industry. So it's a very tech environment. Um, if I look at my background, I actually studied Dutch language and communication science, got my master's degree in that. And after that, really swiftly dove into the learning space where I started as a trainer and a project manager at Atos Consulting, and then swiftly moved into the world of online education, uh, starting actually about 20-ish years ago, so a long time ago, with uh, the CD-ROMs and blended learning with a small company called SmartForce, an American company, which turned into Skillsoft later on, which is now a global learning and uh, skills development uh, organization, SaaS platform, where I actually started in, um, in a role as a learning consultant, learning advisor, learning manager. And these were all pre-SaaS names for actually being customer success. So I was jointly working with sales for the post-sales implementation, driving success and value. So I was actually uh, in customer success before it was even named customer success. You've been uh, with uh, good habits for for uh, for some time here, and, and could you tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Yeah. So as I said, I really love the learning space. So when I moved from Skillsoft, which is kind of uh, online learning in IT, desktop, and soft skills, I transitioned from Skillsoft to Pluralsight, which is really in the tech space where we see real tech-savvy people, developers, cloud, uh, really top-notch content on, on that angle. I really felt IT is probably not my uh, forte. I would love to be a bit more also involved in the softer side of things. And that's what actually Good Habits does. So they are really focused on personal development, uh, mental health, well-being, being in that uh, sphere of healthy employees, happy employees are also the productive employees. So making an emphasis on really retention, attrition and well-being for their employees and developing content and a platform related to that. All right. And, um, and who's the buyer of this? What, what's your ideal customer? Yeah, that's a good question. The last couple of months, I think we have been very busy in kind of defining that ideal customer profile, the ICP, right? When I look at the history of Good Habits, I think the content is so amazing. It's almost, if you look at it from a content point of view, it's very high quality media content. They almost call themselves a media house next to kind of also educating and, and supporting personal development. So I think the ideal customer profile for me is almost every company, right? So it doesn't matter if it's financial or if it's consulting or telco, all industries, all companies, small and large, benefit from personal development in the area of well-being and mental health, even the smaller ones. And I think that's also what their mission was from the beginning, democratizing learning, making sure that everyone in the organization has equal opportunity to learn. If it's the bakery around the corner or the butcher or the blue-collar workers in the factories or the board members uh, from the larger organizations. So it's actually open for everyone all right 
But uh, what can you tell us about the size of the operation? Yeah, well, I think it's grown massively. So if you look at the number of employees right now, it's about 450. It started out in the Netherlands, really in my hometown in Eindhoven. So it's it's really started, originated here and spanning out now to about nine countries in EMEA and also Brazil, Mexico and Australia on the roadmap. So vast expansion in the different areas where they really looked at, and I think that's also a very strong point, and not only translating it with Google Translate, but really translating their content, not only from a language point of view, but also definitely from a cultural point of view. So that resonate, resonates in the different areas as well. All right. Okay. Really exciting. So today we wanted to talk to you about um, really go-to-market team alignment. And then we're specifically thinking about marketing, sales, and customer success. And it, it feels like one of the oldest debated topics in, in the SaaS space. We, we've been discussing this forever. And I think the reason why we still discuss it is because it's really difficult to get that alignment. Like, what, what's your experience here? Like, do you also see in, in the companies that you've represented, where you've worked, other colleagues you've spoken to, is this an issue and why is this an issue? Yeah, for me, I think it's 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 a big issue. Uh, I've seen it here at Good Habits as well, not as portraying it as a big issue, but what you see is that from historic reasons, when you develop an, an organization, you see that it at some point creates silos. Silos in marketing, in sales, and in customer success, where I feel we all need to be focusing on the customer, which is uh, from product, content, from all different directions. You need to have a customer-centered organization where we all think about what we're doing in light of the customer and what we want to accomplish with them. So what I see, uh, what I've seen in my past is that it's really siloed and especially from a marketing proposition where you have the value proposition, it needs to be aligned with what is your profile for your customer? What value are we delivering? What impact do we want to make to sales, selling that story, selling that value and that solution to our customers, making sure it's aligned to their strategic objectives. And then also the handover to success. We can only make it successful if it's sold successfully at the right level with the right value and the right expectation. So when that chain is broken, it's really, really difficult to kind of go back in there, reassess the expectations with the customer and make sure that you deliver the value that they are expecting. So that for me is kind of like a chain that needs to be kind of really tightly aligned. A customer journey that starts with marketing, where they develop the value proposition, where they actually make sure that the enablement in sales also sells that story and is really geared up to how we deliver the value towards success and the successful handover to success as well to make sure that we make successful what is promised and sold to the customer. I think that's really interesting. And I, I've seen it with my own eyes and probably had a few uh, CS directors being really pissed and, and mad at me and my team. But I think it's not that sales team on purpose oversell. Mm. I think it's their belief that you can do all of these things and it's going to be this easy because that's what the collateral says and that's when we played around with it. Yeah. You know, in a sandbox environment, we simplify things a lot. And then you sell that easy story, you know, with multiple gains and it's going to make you guys so great and so on. Yeah. And then when people sign the contracts and it's moved over to customer success, it turns out that the reality is much more complex. Yeah. And suddenly the CES team, they need to start off with realigning expectations and so on. And then you become a little bit, you have to be on your, 
defensive feet a little bit, take a step back and so on. And you can easily start by disappointing the customers. Mm. Like, how do we solve this? Like, why was the problem? Because I don't think intentionally sales tries to oversell. I think it's genuinely their belief that you buy this, this is going to happen. Yeah, I think it's kind of dual probably on that side because sometimes it's also the incentive plans that actually lead to mm-hmm. a way of selling. That's maybe not always the best way, yeah. but that's maybe another discussion. I'm with Evelyn on this one. Yeah, yeah. so that, I think it's, it's a multiple factors play, come into play in, in my head in that sense. But I also feel like um, where I have been most successful and where I have seen most success is where there's a really strong joint collaboration and accountability from sales and success. And sometimes you see in sales organizations that like sales done, next. And then it's over to throw it over the over the fence and customer success runs with it. Right. If you create an organization where you have a joint responsibility and sales is somewhat involved still in to the customer on what value they sold and we are going to deliver, then you have a different outset and you might have different outcomes as well in the collaboration piece. It's, it's a tough one, but I also feel that in the handover piece, um, I'm a strong believer in warm handovers, especially for a certain threshold, where we come together, make sure that also the customer success manager is aligned to the right stakeholder at that level where it's sold to, so that you don't drop into a project group or with admins, but you stay on the level, have the visibility, and be able to be the trusted advisor and strategically advise and implement your product. Right. Hmm. And to me, it sounds also like then that you would be an advocate of actually customer success being part in the sales exercise, not just post-sales, that somewhere in the sales cycle, they should be part of this exercise. Yeah, I think definitely in, uh, in, in some instances, and it's definitely related to value, right? You cannot do that probably if you want to scale an organization for every customer. But if you have high-valued or uh, lighthouse customers, make sure that you're involved in, in, in that early phase as well, sort of pre-sales almost but also make sure that sales is able to position customer success in the right way to manage expectations post-sales. So in their sales deck, what do we do as an organization? It's not only about the product and the story, but it's also about, okay, this is your team. This is your customer success manager. This is what we're going to do with you. This is a joint exercise with a joint responsibility from both our side and the company side to make this successful. So if you do that from the outset and also make sure that you almost pinpoint your QBRs already like, okay, dear stakeholder, this is where we need you involved at least one or, once or twice a year to make sure that you create that strong connection already in the sales process. It makes it so much easier to execute in the, in the, in the post-sales. And how do you see is the best way of accomplishing this? Is it to, to make one big organization under a CRO or is it about aligning your, your goals with an OKR framework or, yeah, or is there other ways of collaborative exercises? Uh, what are your experiences or maybe thoughts around this? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good question. I think uh, a revenue organization makes sense. Okay. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that come into play. I think it's... Um, One is enablement. I think enablement, if you look at sales enablement and success enablement, should be kind of almost the same, right? So because you're doing the same thing, only post-sales, it's more about implementation, but at least you need to have that same value story. So enablement is a big piece of that. But also, uh, I'm a strong believer in when you do your KPIs or your OKRs, that we have similar OKRs and KPIs in place for for the different organizations or the different departments in the organization. And at Good Habits, we all, um, for, for instance, for marketing, they're usually 
uh, geared towards pipeline creation, uh, how many leads they're generating. I have been able within Good Habits to also align them on what is the adoption and what are the outcomes. So in the onboarding, that marketing plays a role in, role in that as well. So they have KPIs aligned in the post-sales piece. Mm. It can also be in your incentive plans to have a joint collaboration in place. But definitely there should be a strong correlation together on KPIs, what are the outcomes, and the outcomes should not only be focused on new business, getting new business in, but also how many customers are you keeping, what is your attention, and how are you growing the business. Okay. So all these different elements should be on the same KPIs. So how can marketing have an OKR that is related to onboarding? What does that look like in practice? In practice, it looked like, uh, for instance, um, we have developed a new customer journey. So it's it's tied to uh, several elements. So the customer journey that we develop now is from marketing to sales to customer success. So it's one chain. Yeah. And in that post-sales piece, we have in the onboarding, we have KPIs set on, okay, what is the, um, the adoption rate in the first 90 days? Mm. And marketing plays a piece in the different uh, elements that they can help with on communication, promotion, decks that they're creating to make sure that we get to that certain percentage. So it's kind okay. of really hard numbers on we want to have X amount of people having logged in for the first time in the first 90 days and so much utilization and so much returning users. So these were the KPIs that we defined with marketing and they are geared towards helping us to get to those numbers. All right. So they help with you with the communication and the material yeah. and those, yeah, the collateral that is needed during the onboarding. And the same for product, actually. So it's also, okay. the product is also a big piece, right? So because if yeah. the product would function like Nirvana, probably CS would be <laughs> not necessary, maybe. But in this case, obviously, a lot of organizations need that. But product needs to be very much aligned to, okay, what do we really need? What are the features and functionalities mm. that play a crucial part in creating that adoption? Is it that likable? Is it that easy? What are the features that they need to develop? So it's also that piece where we have KPIs on adoption that are related to product. Yeah, and actually, we see that more and more, that many companies have uh, team goals for the product teams, that are related to deployment of new features because if you it does it's not good enough that you just you know uh, push something out and it's bug free yeah. if the customers don't want to use it it's waste of time essentially so so they have a stake in this like whatever we spit out from this department yeah. needs to actually deploy it and be used out there definitely I, I also wanted to ask you you alluded a little bit to that that uh, you guys have moved into a, a revenue type of organization. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Does does all functional leaders in sales, marketing, and customer success report to one and the same person? Or yeah, yeah, that's uh, actually the case. So it's a, a CRO uh, and the sales director, the success director, and the marketing director report into the CRO. And next to that, there will be also kind of a revenue ops organization. So the ops part is also part of that. So being responsible for CS ops, marketing ops, and RevOps. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned the CRO here. So I'm I'm wondering what kind of qualities do you think a CRO would have? Uh, background, qualification, but also the soft maybe values. That's a great question. I think it's an interesting role because you span different sorts of uh, functions, right? So marketing and sales is really on the pre-sales and, and sales kind of, which is really different than customer success. So in, in my view, 
it would be really beneficial if they have a bit of a customer success kind of background or at least a lot of knowledge on what customer success is because I still feel you sometimes have to explain the value of customer success while everyone in the organization thinks you're uh, uh, indispensable you're the most important part of the organization when you ask them what you do or how you're measured Mm. I still get a lot of question marks on GRR and NRR. And I think this is something that you have to educate the organization on. So the CRO needs to have a feel not only for the new business, but also the existing business. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, um, I would say, uh, love and feelings for the customers. They really have to be customer crazy. Mm. And that means... Um, also understanding the needs and the requirements of the customers. So it's, it's a difficult one because you usually see, I usually see uh, within CROs, it's mostly sales yeah. focused. Exactly. And that's my thought here. Usually it's a sales leader or maybe a, a CMO that gets that role. Yeah. And then you think, well, CS, they bring in money as well. Yeah. Let's throw it in under there and, and make the best of it. Yeah. And the interesting part is right now, I'm not sure if you see that in, in different organizations as well. What I see is in this economic climate where uh, in most organizations, new business might be a bit more challenging than in the last couple of years. They all of a sudden shift their focus on, oh, wow, we have this big piece of the pie that is the existing business. How can we make sure that we retain them, but also grow the existing business? And that's a different motion than new business. Like I said in one of the strategic discussions, like just be aware that if you want to grow and expand your business, you cannot can only do that on a healthy product with a healthy customer. Right. So that's that, that customer focus, that customer centricity really has to be top of mind for a CRO as well. Yeah. Because it actually always ties in back to the marketing piece, right? So if you have happy customers, successful customers, drive impact, that's where you have your case studies, your reference cases that actually really feed into that marketing funnel as well. Mm. So I guess I'm one of those uh, sales leaders that uh, come from the hardcore sales side. And I have to ask you, Evelyn, so... With these new trends that are coming and people emphasizing more on the NRR and so on, do you feel that the CS team, the way you know it and define it, should they have quota on them, revenue quota? Oh, I find that a really, really tricky one. It's been bugging my mind for for a couple of weeks now already because I I do feel if you look at CS and you look at the CS posts in LinkedIn and all the, the great gurus and thought leaders out there, it feels like the list of things that are on our plate is becoming sort of endless, right? And in that we say it's like looking for the sheep with five legs. Like, can the question maybe is, can we do this all? Or do we want to do this all? Or can we do this all in a good way? Right. Can we be that strategic advisor working with the customer while also growing the business and driving revenue? I don't think it's always an easy piece. So um, um, it kind of depends on the product. So I think sometimes, yes, in some cases it's easy and it's logical that you actually have that relationship, grow the business, do the renewals. And then if you have renewals, yes, I think it would be nice. Let me backtrack. How I would like to see it, it's maybe a bit different than sales. Sales is, although it should be kind of in line, right? It should not be really, really different. Um, the way we did it in the past is that we were measuring on gross retention, but also on net retention. So the net retention bonus of growing the business as a team, mm-hmm. and I was a, also that can be debatable. I was a, always a strong believer of a team target, the NRR target in teams, uh, to make sure that we uh, 
yeah, feel incentivized to grow the business. Yeah, mm. because I think when you do this type of, of a mix, it's a little bit the the lines get blurry as to, like you said, who does what and maybe the, the profile of what is a good account manager, what is a good customer success manager, what is a marketer. Yeah. I think maybe those roles as we know them are now being redefined and there's something else because sometimes I think about this and I personally, generally, I agree with you that it depends on the product and the complexity of the product and so on. But I'm, I'm a firm believer that customer success can play a major impact direct and indirect in driving revenue. Oh, definitely. But sometimes I'm debating like, to what extent should they drive that revenue? Should they, you know, show the new solutions? Should they discuss about deploying them? Should they sit there and negotiate pricing? How far should one go? Yeah, and I think that's that's really dependent on the organization. So I always said that we at CS are undercover sales, right? So we are the ones that are in that organization, are uncovering opportunities, are creating impact and being able to build on that. So we are the undercover salespeople. Um, where I see it kind of shifts, and I've seen it in my experience, is if you look at it from a SME, SME or a, an enterprise point of view versus strategic accounts, which I was the director of at Pluralsight. Mm-hmm. If you look there, that's highly complex, multinational organizations. If you look at how sales built that relationship, I think it was merely impossible for CS to step in to do those complex negotiations. It's another skill. It requires so much different competencies that we are lacking, basically, or not comfortable with, or maybe not the best at. Yeah. So in that strategic segment where we talk about the really the the, the, the Fortune 500 companies. Yeah. I saw the best work done there being together in a joint exercise, sales and success. Yep. Best combination. So have you seen any potential frictions coming up now that you're you're merging the three different teams into one revenue team? Or like maybe you've already seen some some resistance there. Like and why is that and where does that come from? Well, I don't. I haven't seen resistance per se. To be honest, I think everyone is really very much uh, in favor of the alignment. So we all feel like, okay, this is this big organization, and we're all driving towards the same goal. For me, it was very positive because it was breaking down the silos a bit mm-hmm. and making sure that CS has a bigger say in the whole mix, like being you being on the at the table with revenue because you have that important piece of existing business that you need to retain and grow. So I think it's been a positive development. Okay. Do you think a CS leader can be CRO? Is there such a sort of career path? Well, I think if you have been in a, in a corporate organization with a big team, I think definitely can. Yes. Yeah. I think actually it might be a really good way because I think sales can learn a lot still from how CS liaises with the customer. The way we speak to the customer, the way we deliver value, how we talk about impact. I think all these things, um, I've actually seen it uh, at also at Good Habits where we were upselling at one point. The conversations that we were having on new product features where sales was involved, it kind of helped both ways. Mm. We learned from sales to maybe be a bit more, not give away too easily, be a bit more firm in the negotiations. And sales learned a lot about the story that we were telling So it it can be a really win-win situation. Okay. PR and communication are the keys to building awareness for your company. 
You want to make sure you reach the right people with the right message at the right time. My News Desk is a smart PR platform where you can manage all your communication efforts in one place. My News Desk makes it easier for companies of all sizes to create awareness and build relations with the people that matter the most to you. Don't make PR harder than it needs to be. Visit mynewsdesk.com to start your free trial. So I want to take it back a little bit specifically to the CES organization. So uh, uh, we, we all know, you know that uh, often sales organization, marketing uh, organizations, they're split into multiple specialist roles within those departments. Yeah. Like, it, how do you see that for customer success? Is, is it just one role and we're all CES people or, or are there also different disciplines within that? Yeah, I think it's actually essential if you look at the professionalization of, of our um, of the, the thing that we do, of our jobs, I think it's essential to have different roles in there. So if I look at the team at Good Habits, we called it the central team. I was heading up that central team as a director. But in that team, there was a head of the coaches, which is how we call our customer success managers. So he was liaising directly with the team leads in the different countries, responsible for the teams over there. And there's a CS ops person in the role that actually really looks at the tools that we're using for the workflow, but also built the customer journeys, looking at the data, churn prediction models, but also helping me in executing the strategy. So I was free to look at the strategy and how we're going to imp- implement that and also make sure that we have the cross-functional collaboration in there. And I think the pieces of the puzzle that we're still missing in my team and which I see growing in, in, in that area is enablement and the customer experience piece. So I think if you look at a large organization and a CS organization, these are the roles that I would typically add to the team. And an enablement piece is really important to make sure that we, from marketing, from sales, enable and empower continuously our CS team to make sure that they become better, build the muscle in different areas. But also the customer experience needs to be fantastic. So this is also about the voice of the customer, the product feedback, uh, the, the interviews, uh, the exit interviews, all the other things that are important and relevant that will help so much in being able to professionalize and be better a better CS organization. Yeah. And when you say enablement, just to make sure I understand, in this case, you're talking about internal enablement. Yes. Okay. And the CX, uh, the, the, the experience piece could also look at enabling our customers, right, or looking at communities and other things that could actually help but internal enablement is for me also definitely very important. Yeah, yeah, because we know that, again, a lot of that enablement is focused on uh, the sales teams, but we don't enable necessarily all other teams in the same way. So I think that's that's a very interesting yeah. point. And sometimes it's a crossover, right? So sometimes you take sales into that enablement piece and vice versa the other way around because it's the same story. Yeah. You also mentioned uh, the voice of the customer and, and getting closer to the customer. and That's probably one of the most uh, discussed topic, like how we, in, in our forums at least, yeah, how you can include your customer and have them more engaged to, you know, drive product forward, get the necessary insights and so on. Mm-hmm. How are you guys working with that? And w- what would you recommend to anybody listening to this, thinking about getting their voice of customer program going on? Like, what should you think of? Yeah, I think there's, there's different elements, right? There's different ways to get your f- customer feedback. It's uh, in product where you can actually have your feedback all on all in-app new features, functionalities that can actually streamline. 
I think the customer feedback should be a really good, if you look at products, a really big part of product development. So in product development, I see three streams, like what is innovative, what are new features, what are new things. The other thing is fundamentals, what is going well, what is not going well, what needs to be fixed, but also what is the input from the voice of the customer related to ARR, dollar value, at-risk accounts. Uh, but I would say that uh, to do that is um, a couple of ways. So in-app is, is one of the things. Surveys are really, really important. What I used to do in the, in the past, and that's not always feasible, I know, uh, for different organizations, we did a yearly survey where we really, for all the end users of the product, asked how are they feeling about it? Did it have an impact? Were they helped? What are the things that we could do better? That feedback, that qualitative feedback was kind of crucial to creating the business case also for the renewal. So it also impacted us as customer success. The other things that have been usually successful are user groups yeah. in different countries, probably something that many organizations already do, where we, um, in the past, the plural site, were very, very adamant that it was a CS thing. Sales had no entrance to that <laughs> piece of that pie because we wanted to our customers to feel freely, not talk about license cost or whatever, or have sales think like, oh, wow, I need to catch up with this customer because they have additional feature requests. This was a CS thing, so say, same, uh, really a, uh, a safe space where they can exchange information, but also learn from each other. And the other thing is maybe on a higher level, uh, what we did is a customer advisory board where we had key people from different organizations come together on a quarterly basis with our CEO even or product uh, CPTO to really talk about, okay, what's working? What are what are the needs? What is your future roadmap? How can we make sure that we stay aligned to your future, future roadmap? So there's different levels of gathering that feedback, but it's absolutely crucial to get that customer feedback and use it and also make sure that you close the feedback loop right to make sure that you get back to your customers on what you're doing and what you're implementing yeah i have a quick question on that also because you mentioned that you you were not letting in sales there to not somehow muddy the waters a little bit yeah uh just a, a couple of days ago i came across a linkedin post where a big shot linkedin le- leader said that every cs leader should be asking their counterparts with their customers for introductions. Mm-hmm. Do you think that makes sense? Because suddenly you become much more commercial again. If I ask you, hey, I hope you like it. Do you know anybody else that needs my services? Yeah, and that's a bit of a blunt way of saying it, right? So I am more of the softer approach. So mm-hmm. what I do uh, push the team on is that when you look in our tools, you see a lot of customer success managers being single-threaded, which is a risk, mm-hmm. right? So you need to be multi-threaded in the organization. But you do that always from a value discussion. So if you see a value or you see a need or you have researched your customer in a good way where you see, okay, oh, I see you're busy with that or you're at the annual report and you see little angles that you can touch on like, oh, I can help you and you can benefit from this direction by introducing me to this person or this person. I always do it from not that kind of cold calling piece, but from a value driven conversation. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. So the question, you, you spoke a little bit about, uh, you know, the CS organization and so on. Is there a particular role that is hard to fill, like, uh, you know, personality type or when it comes to pure skills uh, that sort of everyone is looking for uh, in, in CS organization? Oh, yeah, that's it's such a combination of different skills that you have to manage, right? So you have to be, I think probably the, the skill number one would be curious. Okay. 
you need to be curious. You need to be uh, inquisitive. You need to ask the questions, be comfortable in asking the questions, but also be able to um, have the C-level conversations yeah. in most cases. Okay. Be able to, to feel comfortable with that. But the curiosity and inquisitiveness is really something that you can, if you build that competence and if you research your customer in such a great way that you are bringing someone, something to them, I think that's such a valuable valuable piece of how you engage with your customer instead of being reactive. Yeah. I need proactive people that lead the customer towards the outcomes. Yeah, and that is more or less personality traits, right? If yeah. you're the curious type or the proactive type and such. And the C-level conversations is maybe something that comes with experience that yeah. you can learn. And when you feel more secure in your role and you feel that you have the support internally as well. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your CS ops. We, we don't see those roles too often. Mm -hmm. I think maybe you need to be of a certain size. Like when, when does one need a CS ops? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we have 50 Customer success managers, so that's wow. quite a big group, right? But yeah. I think you can do it with a smaller group as well. I think when you start to make, I would I almost wanted to say take CS seriously, because maybe that is, that is what I'm trying <laughs> to say probably. So if you're moving from your Excel sheets and, and and into maybe a tool to support your workflows to have a customer journey, I think a CS ops is really someone that can look at the data and can help you be. Um, actioning on the right things at the right time with the right customers. So instead of being all over the place and doing all sorts of things in the same way, making sure that you can focus more on your portfolio management and doing the right things. So I think it's, for me, it's, it's almost like your right arm in CS, in a CS organization. If it, it's like, it would feel like cutting off my right arm if I wouldn't have a CS ops, because you would be blind in the data and how you would steer your organization. And it's also on the execution piece, on the strategy. These people are indispensable. Yeah. So how do you see CS is transforming moving forward? Where do you see CS in a, in a few years here? Maybe it's also wishful thinking or hope. <laughs> I do see CS as it's where I come from, it was not even existing, right? So I see a very professional organization already, a really great job description on CS. CS is kind of a mature role right now mm. but i also still feel that we're kind of looking at the edges around what do we need to do from a renewal point of view or an upgrade point of view what is the boundaries of our responsibility and it can be different but i think it would be good if we learned a bit more on how and where we can make the most impact i think that would be one piece and the other piece is i would love to see cs have a seat at the board in every organization so i am so if positive and hopefully hopeful on having a chief customer officer, a VP of customer success in every board, because I think they're still not all having that thing in their mind that next to sales, this is the big, big thing going forward that they need to focus on. All right. So another question, since we have a great community listening, uh, we uh, usually give our guests the opportunity to do a shout out. Is there anything you are looking for right now or... Well, I hope we can consolidate a bit more. If uh, You probably see that as well on LinkedIn. Uh, there are so many great thought leaders and thinkers out there. I think it would be good if uh, that community comes together in, in some sort of 
way that makes maybe a bit more sense to more people <laughs> that is not so dispersed all over the place because I think there's so many great people and thought leaders out there but uh, it's a bit, uh, bit scattered around the internet so you have to find your way around mm, that's what we try to do here that's <laughs> yeah awesome. and that's fantastic because what I also <laughs> feel is there, there's no education right there's no 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 kind of job profile where you can go to school and become a customer success manager so mm. uh, i think the, the question i get asked the most as well is about coaching about mentors and where can i learn and where can i uh, see things in practice so also the, the the lessons learned from each other and what to do and what not to do i think that's still something that we yeah. can be better at are you doing mentoring i do yes all right yes i'm a part of power up Okay. You might have heard of that. So that's the women mentoring group. All right. Yeah. So how, how does one get hold of you if they will feel like, oh, I really like this episode with Evelyn and I'd like to see if she could be my mentor? It's uh, Fire Power Up is a good way, but also I'm free uh, to any uh, conversations. If you reach me with, via LinkedIn, that's fine. Okay. And speaking about mentoring, do you have anybody that uh, inspires you that if we would bring that person onto this show, you'd feel like, heck yeah, I'm listening to this episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have some inspiring people. So one of them is Dave Jackson. Okay. Who I really love. I'm not sure if you know know him. He's a, he's a really great guy. He has so much experience in the SaaS world. Um, he wrote some interesting books as well. Uh, and I had the opportunity to be in one of his uh, leadership sessions, which was really interesting. What is it that makes Dave particularly interesting? Uh, I think he ha has some strong opinions about things. <laughs> it's always interesting okay. because it, it makes you think. Yeah. All right. And I think uh, another one is my former VP, uh, who I regard very highly, and that's Shirley Chapman. She's now at Forrester, VP of Customer Success. She's also a great person to, to talk to. Yeah. I think actually we've our paths have crossed with Shirley Chapman at, at some point in time. but. Okay. It, like Dave or Shirley, if you guys are listening for this uh, at this episode, you you know we're coming for you now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here connecting at LinkedIn as we speak. So. Oh, there yeah. we go. There we go. <laughs> Evelyn, much appreciated. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and joining the show here and for dropping some knowledge on us. I, I certainly learned a, a few things today, and I hope all the listeners also can chime in here and say like, yes, yes, we, we, we did learn a few things. Thomas, how about you? Did you learn something new? Absolutely. And uh, we always try to uh, summarize a little bit after the interview here. So uh, if you want to hear my key takeaways, uh, stay on a few minutes longer. And uh, again, Evelyn, it was a pleasure having you on the show and uh, see you at SASIS Amsterdam. Definitely. Pleasure was mine. Thanks. Take care now. Take care. All right, Daniel, what's your key takeaway from the episode today? Ooh, good question. Can I uh, think about it for a second? Do you have a, uh, because I have a couple of ones, I just need to condense them. Do you have something low hanging that you want to take first? Sure. No, but I, I think it's interesting to hear that she definitely thinks that CS belongs in a revenue organization. And I don't know how common it is. If, if that's sort of the general conclusion among people, or if it's sort of, can feel a little bit like a threat for some CS organization that they suddenly is going to be part of this this commercial organization or not. I don't know. Yeah, and I think, at least from my perspective, like CS can never not be in a revenue organization, but that doesn't mean that there needs to be direct reporting line into the same boss that 
or manager or leader that marketing and sales reports to. So I, I do think that, you know, teams can look differently. Like, you know, you could still have uh, somebody that's head of each function, but somehow in a matrix, they're all in the same revenue organization. Mm. I think for me is, I really appreciate that again, she highlighted that, that CS is a function that must include different type of roles, just like we have in, in sales and in marketing and so on. It's not just you know one, one simple role that, okay, here's a general customer success manager that deals with the customer and then we have a few of those and then we're happy. You also need to have specialized roles there, depending on how far you want to take your customer success function. But like she said, you know, it's one thing to manage the customers and make sure that they're happy and you know, make sure they deploy new features, but then you have the other side of it, the, the entire data analytics uh, aspect, uh, the ones with running a community and uh, the voice of the customer exercise, the advisory boards and so on. Suddenly that becomes a little bit more of a marketing and research exercise. So I thought what that was again, interesting to hear and good that she highlighted that. CS is a very broad exercise and there's so many different ways as to how you can grow your career with just within that department. Right. So with that, I mean, uh, also hope that we can bring Evelyn back in some other area. would like to hear more about her experiences. And what's next? So besides SASIS Amsterdam that are coming up, we, um, we also have a lot of other things later on here. And I would just like to highlight that we will soon start another sort of year with our networking groups. We have our CEO network and our executive network where we have nine different disciplines. Customer success is one of them. So if you are a VP or higher or you're a CEO, you can apply for these network groups. You can head over to cscs.com under community and you will see the links to where you can apply to these groups. And there is more things to come. So I think with this, uh, we just leave you at that. And uh, yeah, you'll hear from us soon again. So uh, have a great day and uh, see you around. Bye and see you all soon. How do you say bye in, in Dutch? Guten uh, Tag is uh, hello. Okay. And we'll have to cut that out. Uh, <laughs>